Welcome to Emron's podcast, episode number 47. This is your host, Simon Silwal. Just go do it. Just go attack it. You don't have to know what you're doing at that point, because trust me, once you get into it, you'll be smart enough to try to figure out what to do at that point. This episode is brought to you by Seven Bridges Marathon event. Please visit emrons.com to receive 10% discount on Seven Bridges Marathon, Half Marathon, and 5K. I'd like to welcome Eddie McCoy. Eddie, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. How about yourself? I'm doing great. How is your running going and or triathlon or swimming? That's Those are the things you do lately. <laughs> <laughs> I do, yeah. I dabble in, in a lot of the uh, running, swimming, and biking. It's uh, it's going well, uh, actually. It's, it's been going really well. It's been a, a great year uh, from going out of the sport of just running into triathlon. So uh, things are, are going good and getting ready to gear up for the uh, spring season. So what is the season like for you? Are you more in the triathlon now? doing the triathlons and and uh or do you also sign up for marathons as well well i still sign up for marathons uh occasionally it just depends on which which ones i want to do uh, i haven't done one for a time so to speak but but i did run uh i ran disney world uh this past January, and uh, I don't have any other marathon signed up for the rest of the year. Not saying that I won't. I'm actually in the New York lottery, so that's that's kind of where the running is. As far as the season goes, I, I've got uh, a, half, a couple of half Ironmans, one coming up in April and one coming up in May. And, and the one in April is just kind of a base run, test, test see where I am, and the May will be my goal because it'll be a year. I did, the, I did this half marathon last year as my first, and uh, or half Ironman, I should say, as my first half. Ironman, and I'd like to see how much I can improve and since the first time I did it. And then uh, the fall consists of, uh, I've got the Louisville full Ironman in October. So that's kind of my schedule, and everything that falls in between will just be gravy. So you just um, use other things to kind of train for, for your Louisville Ironman, I guess. That's what it sounds like, correct? Yeah, that's correct. I don't, uh, I used to race a lot. Uh, I've done God knows. I mean, I've done, I think, 30-something marathons and, I don't know, 50 to 60 halves, somewhere in that neighborhood. So I've done a lot of the road races, uh, and uh, I enjoy them a lot. But at the same time, I really enjoy this challenge a lot more, and it's, I just focus more on training and less racing. Yeah, I think that's the path I'm going to head towards in 2018. I think this year, so I'm still racing a lot, but I think I'm going to like a pacing and all the other part of running. So, so talking about uh, running, uh, before we go deep in the, your triathlon and all, all other journeys that you have started, um, let's talk about uh, how did you start r- running? I think you you told me once that you used to be a couch potato and then and suddenly one day you decided to run. Well, a little bit like that. Not not quite. Yeah, was it was a cash potato? Absolutely. I was uh, just over, I think I was 320 pounds. Uh, it used to be a big, big cash potato. And uh, my, uh, I went to a doctor, got scared with my uh, blood test came back showing, uh, you know, uh, high, uh, high cholesterol and high blood pressure. Borderline high. It wasn't. It wasn't enough. Need treated by drugs, but it just scared me. And I had just had my youngest daughter, who is now eight, and uh, I was scared that I was going to die of a heart attack. So I immediately got my butt in the gym. Didn't know what I was going to do, and just started making better eating choices. And actually, I lost uh, 120 pounds, or get a little bit more than that, actually. And uh, it, by doing the elliptical machine, and then I added strength training. And how running came in, I'd already lost all the weight. And a guy that I used to see in the in the gym all the time, he goes by the name Alex Armas, and he kept telling me that I should try running. And uh, believe it or not, I 
I had no desire to run. I um, I was in great shape at this point, but I had no desire to go out and run because I just <laughs> it did not appeal to me. And I was convinced since I had a bad right knee that it would just it would not be a good thing. But I did have a love for Disney. And uh, I, he taught me into going to Disney World to do the Wine and Dine Half uh, Marathon in 2011. And so I decided I'd do it, bucket list, check it off, be done. And and, and and just kind of that'll be it for running. And as a matter of fact, I never trained by running for that race. So I actually did all my training on the electric machine. I was so convinced that running was going to hurt my knees. So uh, I would go, you know, three hours at a time on the electric machine at the highest resistance, just just pounding and sweating away. And I uh, went to the race, ran the whole thing, never stopped. My first run, really. And uh, turned out... Uh, I was dead, tired, and beat up after the race, but it was awesome, and I was hooked. That's a great story, and kind of our story kind of um, parallel or, or or similar story. I started running when my second child was born, and because similar situation, and I have a family history, and didn't want to die too young before <laughs> yep. seeing my child grow. So <laughs> it's a, I was not going to do that. So, so I, I went running, and kind of, it was kind of similar. I didn't even know what's the distance for a marathon and half marathon and somebody was just like you should be running half so anyway so that's what happened to oh, me. <laughs> it's, it's funny when you show up to a race and literally i showed up that was my first road race was a half marathon i didn't even know you know uh I, I didn't i was looking at other people just trying to see what you do i mean when they gave me a bib i didn't know where to put it that was how <laughs> how, how, how novice i was and i'll never forget it the 10 mile I, i'm looking at people and they're handing out goose at the time i didn't know what the heck this was i'm looking at other people seeing what they're doing and I realized it was, you know, what, what it was was shul, and uh, I took one down. I think I about puked, but uh, I was able to keep it in. But uh, you know, I was just so, so, so green when I ran that first half marathon. Just didn't, didn't know anything. And uh, wow, what a long way to come from there. Yeah, that's a long way to come from wherever we started. So, you know, I remember my first like 5K, I think that's I did it within like three weeks or so when I started running. And I was wearing like cargo shorts and like a heavy, heavy, what do you call, fleece shirt and, and all these things. And I didn't know. I mean, it was like 60 degree weather. I didn't know that was the best temperature for runners. So it was cold. So, <laughs> so. Oh, that's funny, man. I didn't I didn't even realize you, you, you shouldn't wear old gym shoes, you know, gym shoes and things of that nature. It's it's funny. We came from a good, we have good stories. Yeah, the people like us who have picked up the running later later in life, it's we usually have a different story yep. than who who's, who has been running for all their life. Talking about running, as you went went in, uh, did the half. What did you? Why did you decide to go further and and do the full? Or well, <laughs> it's not that I really wanted to go further because uh, you know you finish your first half and you're absolutely dead and, and, and you're as sore as you've ever been your whole life the, the thought of I went through double that distance didn't come into mind what what did happen is I had another friend who signed up uh, about the same time I did uh, for another race we actually signed up for the Disney marathon uh, weekend which was at that time this was wine and dine was in October so this was about three months away so I was already convinced I wanted to come back and do the another half marathon so I went to the marathon weekend I did the half marathon but my other friend who's we're friends because our daughters are best friends I told him what I was doing and he won up me and did the marathon so and <laughs> coming from the couch <laughs> to marathon so 
after seeing him finish, uh, I actually I ran the half marathons run on a Saturday and and the full at Disney on Marathon Week is run on a Sunday. So I ran my race and then. The, the next Sunday, I got up to watch him, and then we're at the finish line, and we're just watching all these people finish, and I'm just thinking, you know, if they can do it, by God, I can do it. And then watching him, he he got me, he got me convinced that I that I would sign up uh, for a marathon. It was uh, 2012 January, so as soon as he finished, I think within a week, we both decided we would actually train together. And uh, we signed up for the Publix uh, 2012 in March. And that was our that was my first marathon. So uh, without my friend, his name's Roger Ortega, it would, uh, you know, I don't know where it would have gone. I'm sure it eventually gone to marathons. But, uh, you know, we don't even when we signed up, we uh, we had a goal. <laughs> so it was uh, a goal was to get to Boston and not necessarily at that race, but to, both of us get there together. And it just turns out we we're both fairly fast, believe it or not, uh, not knowing we were fast, but uh, we knew based on our half times that uh, it would it would be something that would be possible. So we actually started training and didn't know how long or whatever, but we you know it was going to take. But our goal was to train and get to Boston and just use every marathon to get better. And you you did get better, and you're much better now. Or you haven't run a marathon in a while. I don't know how you how fast you run, but I remember uh, seeing you at uh, I think it was a Rocket City Marathon, and that was a, probably only. Um, maniac passed me ever in, in a marathon <laughs> so I'm yeah like, that's funny that was funny and, and getting to know you it uh that, that that's pretty funny and i think rocket city's definitely the first time i noticed you yeah you you were you were, you were having a rough go at it at the, on the back half there which uh seems to be your motto go out hard as you can and just hold on for dear life at the end from what i know <laughs> yep that <laughs> but that, uh, that always works or doesn't work for me so you know yeah so yeah, so that was uh, that was fun. But yeah, I'm a you know I, I think uh, you know we're we're both blessed to be be somewhat fast. And uh, yeah, I was I was running pretty good then, and I haven't run a marathon lately. But if I was to run one this fall, I'm pretty sure I would have set a PR. So as you went farther further, going fast, I mean you didn't even know you could run fast, correct? But no, you- no, no, I was a guy who avoided running at all costs and, and you know and i thought running when you're growing up was punishment especially in sports you know so yeah and i was always the big guy and you know i played offensive line and defensive line for football so i was never known for any kind of speed whatsoever my whole life <laughs> so the fact that i can actually be decent and be fast uh, later on is just still kind of surprising that's always a wonder for me because the people like us uh, like i mentioned earlier picked up the running on later in life and we find out that we actually can go faster than than we are we're supposed to because you know we we don't know i guess for my point is basically i guess uh, we don't know till we actually try running and try to push that limit to see how far and how fast you can go and try like what you have done or what I have done to to see where you can go. Is that correct? Is that no? That's that's, that's totally correct. Uh, the battle becomes within yourself, and uh, you know, I, and, and 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 I'm sure as you are and anybody, you have to be a little bit self competitive. And you have to want to get better at what you're doing. And uh, I'm very competitive. And it's not necessarily with others, but I'm competitive with myself to see, you know, can I reach this? Can I can I push hard? Can I keep, you know, getting better? And uh, this sport, this endurance sports are great for that because they test you like anything other. Uh, but it's but it's but it's a good test. But as you as you compete with yourself or against others. Does it bother you if you cannot make it or now we just have learned to let it go? <laughs> oh, it still bothers me. It bothers me 
not as bad as it used to, but 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 usually, I mean, here here's the thing: you nobody ever goes to the race and thinking, you know, set out with a goal time, and you know, if if you train to run a uh, three hour and twenty uh, marathon and you know your training didn't go that way, it's not like it's just magically going to appear that day. So you already have to know that it's not. Now there's circumstances during the races that happen. And you can be dumb and, and you can have errors. You can make errors or you can have bad weather conditions that you can't control and you just have to take it. Uh, so if, if I'm ever upset about a result that personally is usually because I know going into it, I wasn't as prepared as I should have been. And uh, that would bother me. Uh, but there are, you know, sometimes weather gets you and it, it, it can be devastating uh, if there's something you train for. And we'll talk about it later because this happened to me recently this fall where you just uh, you train your butt off and you're in the best shape of your life and things just don't go the way they should. Definitely. Even for me, is uh, it depends which race I'm in and how, how bad I got beaten. Or <laughs> Especially I like I like to like recently I did a mobile marathon. My first half was great. The second half I survived. And I didn't call it a good marathon. I still it was sub four. But when I paced Miami, I was just, you know, I was pacing, but going to consistent speed and still finished four hours and 14 minutes. And it was a good race for me. So, you know, it's not always the time. It's just how I feel or how I do it at the end. I know I'm not good at pacing myself, so. No, I, I think I, I totally get that. Uh, I think uh, what happened in, in Disney World this past, uh, you know, with the marathon, I had I had really not. I ran the New York City Marathon, and I really had done no long runs uh, from whenever. I think that was in early November all the way. I did one 15-miler the weekend before the race just to have something longer than 10 to 12 miles, which is typically would be my long run up to that point. And so I went in that race. Uh, they We had bad weather and they canceled the half. I had signed up for the Goofy Challenge, which was the, the half and the full. So I had fresh legs going into the full thinking I'll just take it easy. I, you know, I set for eight-minute miles and, and I carried eight-minute miles for the first 10. Felt just fantastic. And I was like, you know, and, and the pace just kept creeping up and next thing i know i'm doing you know low sevens and and, and i pretty much hold that you know in, in the low to mid sevens for the rest of the race uh, i mean i had a six minute you know negative split and uh it was uh you know it's one of those feelings that you know you you don't you don't expect it but it's just really rewarding when that happens so as you move forward and you're running and uh, you stopped uh, you had some injuries and you i think you went you, you did end up in a boston um marathon correct can you tell us that, about a little bit about boston marathon how did you end up there and how was well, okay we we set up in January 2012 to uh, to qualify for Boston, uh, I ran the the public's half marathon or the public's marathon in March was my first marathon. And at that point, at, at, at that age, I'm in the 35 to 39 range. So I need a 310 to qualify and I need, you know, some some clearance room to, to make sure I got in. So I was thinking I needed to be 307 or 308 and better is what I had in my mind based on previous uh, or what I've been told. And uh, so I think I finished the, the, the Publix in something like 323 or something like that. So I, I could see, you know, 10 minutes. It doesn't sound like a lot. This is a lot, uh, a lot of time. But uh, I just kept pushing myself. And, and in the summer, uh, that same summer in 2012, man, I was clicking. I hired a coach, which if you if you want to get. You know, you really want to work on speed. I, I can't highly recommend enough uh, hiring a coach. Uh, and uh, that was a big help for me and somebody planning out my workload and me just attacking it. And by uh, October, uh, I think it was October, I ran the Hartford Marathon in Connecticut and, and uh, I qualified. I ran a 305 and uh, that got me in. And uh, so did it in less than a year, which is 
you know, did it, did everything in less than a year. So I went from not running to running and qualifying for Boston, which now I realize how big of an achievement it is to do that. And in that time frame, and it's something that uh, I never will take for granted. I think I did, I, I did then a little bit because I did it within a year. And I, and then at that point, you start running, you start thinking, well, heck, if I can do this, let me push it to the next level. And uh, pushing it to the next level ended up hurting my back. And uh, so uh, I've learned to be a little bit smarter about that. That's the only injury I've ever suffered. But it, it took me out for about uh, about four months, four or five months uh, without being able to run like I wanted to. That's a great story on its own, going from basically 2011, not running, then running first marathon 2012 and what, spring of 2012? It was the third, yeah, yeah it was spring. the third marathon in fall 2012. And BQ. Yeah. Then, <laughs> and, I, and I just happened to BQ. Matter of fact, Boston was still open the Friday. It it was open uh, the Thursday before my race and Friday it sold out and I ran on a Saturday. So it would have, you know, if it had still been open, I, I potentially could have been there for the 2013 race, which uh, for reasons I'm, I'm kind of glad I'm not or I wasn't at the time. But because uh, that was definitely an emotional year, but I made it in for the 2014, which is the you know which which was unbelievable for being there that year. Definitely, tell us about how you felt when you crossed that Boston finishing line within yeah. what two years or three years yeah. of started running. I, I don't think I appreciate as much as I should have. I think uh, the journey to get there was uh, much more rewarding for me than the actual running of the race. Uh, I think I put too much pressure on how I was running, and I, and I wasn't in nearly as good a shape as I should have been, uh, and that was my fault. And, uh, you know, I I struggled that day. I struggled big time. I have never not run a, a marathon and not finished in under four hours, no matter how bad it had been. But that one, I pretty much had to walk the whole second half of the marathon. I was just I was just dead, dehydrated, the sun just beat the crap out of me. And I, I mean, I, I was saying, I, I couldn't, you know, not so much cramping, but man, I couldn't sweat. So it was, it was nerve wracking. And uh, all I want to do is get to Boylston, uh, Boylston Street, I think it's how you say it. Yeah. And, uh, and, and make it and run that all the way down. I still couldn't do that. So I was not happy. And uh, I've learned that uh, Boston, at least uh, when I do decide I want to go back, it'll be for an experience, not so much for a time, because I think I was too more time, too much time obsessed with that race. And those big races, they're hard. They're hard to get in your groove. And uh, I think I think you really should just enjoy the experience of it. What I did, I ran first good eight miles just to have experience of racing, and then I just start doing what I usually love to do: just enjoy, drink beer, eat food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. By the time I got to Boston Street. You know, like just walking around, taking pictures every miles, and you know, I mean, I I did get the experience part, and I'm going back in a couple of months, and I have not decided whether I want to race it or just have experience again. Just you know, we got there for working so hard, you know, I can always race other races as much as much as running I do, I can go and race anywhere, but but getting to Boston is not always the thing, you know, you know what I mean? It's so difficult. It, it is, and uh, it's it's so difficult. I mean, uh, I got there the first two or three or the first in the first year I qualified a couple of times but since then I haven't even qualified and, and it, but granted it hadn't been a priority or a goal but uh, and now thank God I'm I don't know if it's good or bad I'm older now so I, I got another five minutes <laughs> out of my window so uh, which makes it easily within range now if I if I want to do it yeah and uh, you do get slow down as you go to older that's what I thought and uh, so it's not that easy as you get older as well and there's many other things happens and then you end up slowing down 
and that's kind of kind of compensate for whatever fast speed you saw were running in the past so yeah and granted now i've, I've had both experience of, of running fast and and i think running fast and, and doing what you like is is very rewarding i've also done the fun side as, as you know uh, i mean i've, I've run with uh, with friends and in groups and i think we've finished in seven hours before you know, i've done plenty of marathons with, with a group of friends and finished you know way over the five hour five and a half if not longer Definitely. window yeah, I'm, and uh, there's something to be said for for the back of the Packers. I'm definitely a huge fan of, of those guys because they're out there giving it, and, and they're and they're in it. You know, it's it's a race, and a lot of them are out there giving it what they can for five and a half, six and a half, seven hours. That's you know, that's a lot. That's a lot. I and mean, trust me, that's a lot for the marathon on the road yep. and pavement and weather. Like you said, you know, just just yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm impressed. Yeah. They impressed me. So uh, I've, I've I've got to experience uh, the marathon running from all all different uh, vantage points, and it's, you know whatever makes it fun for you is what you should do. Exactly, and it's it's always uh, always great to see every aspect of it. Moving forward, your journey to being Iron Man. Tell us uh, why did you decide to be an Iron Man? Yeah, no, it was one of those things that uh, I didn't when I when I first started running. You know, I, I mean, I didn't even know I was going to run, but uh, I was getting kind of a burnout, kind of a stale. Not that not that marathon running wasn't fun, and not that road races weren't fun, but it just seemed like uh, I was just getting bored a little bit. And, and I not, I wouldn't say bored because man, I, I run and I run all the time, and I love running. But as far as just a challenge, I, I needed something different, and uh, you know, it just sounded and, and I had hurt my back. I think it was. Uh, 2014 that I hurt my back and, and, and having time to reflect on that I actually bought a uh, bought a bicycle <laughs> or a bike and uh, to use it as part of rehab and then you know just on the bike I didn't ride it that much for a year but uh, it got me thinking that hey you know why not transition into triathlon but uh, you know you can't just do triathlon you go big or go home type deal so I went uh, said you know what I'm gonna do an Ironman and uh didn't have a clue how to swim, but uh, uh, I was blessed enough to have a uh, a daughter, sports Cairo slash doc who got me healthy for running, and she just happened to be a triathlon coach and Ironman coach. And uh, so it, the thought just said, you know what, I'm gonna hire her. She knows me. She knows how to push me, and she knows my weaknesses. And I just thought this would be a good time to do it, and uh, it's worked out great. And that's how I signed up for the Ironman. Uh, was basically just wanting a new challenge and another way to stay healthy and put a little less mileage on, on my legs. And and to be fair, I was running between twenty five hundred and three thousand miles a year. So. I think 12, 13, and 14. Even when I was hurt, I did almost like 24, 25. And that was missing, you know, a good month of not running. And then the other ones were a lot shorter miles just getting back on my feet. As you move forward to Ironman, what's the difference between being Ironman, running, you know, biking and swimming versus just running only? I mean, time-wise, I mean, you have a... Time management. Time management is huge. I am... I, you know, I mean, I'm crazy anyways. Anybody that knows me will, will go out and say that I'm crazy. Some people say you're, you're motivated or you're driven or crazy. It's, it's got to be one of those three. But uh, I'm a guy who has been and will probably always be that gets up at 3, 3.15 in the morning. I think my alarm is set for 3.15 every morning. And uh, even when I was running, I used to just go to the gym five days a week before I'd go run. And uh, that was, you know, trying to keep just, just uh, core strength. 
Very good. At least go four times a week, uh, but some weeks it'd be five. And, and then just do the, you know, eight to 10 miles a day running and then the long run on the weekend. But uh, when I got hurt my back, it just got me, you know, not wanting to put, you know, the high mileage. And then to be honest with you, all that mileage, man, I get tired, especially at the end of the cycles. You know, you just, you, you just do that much mileage. I'm like, ah, you know, there's got to be something better to do. And the cross training was uh, was appealing to the Ironman. But as far as being an Ironman, and I, I know I got deviated away from this from what the question you asked, but uh, the time management is the biggest factor because everything is measured in training by hours, not so much by distance. Uh, but but at the same time, you know, you you end up. You know, a typical week for me is, and here I am just base training, not really building for a race, but uh, base training. You know, I'm swimming twice a week. I'm going to the gym two to three times a week, and I'm running five to six days a week. And then I'm biking uh, four days a week. So you, you figure out how you're going to fit all that in. Definitely. Tell us uh, about how does it feel to be an Ironman versus a marathon <laughs> Well, you know, I'll say, I'll say I'll, instead of Ironman, I'll say triathlete because, uh, you know, I, th- I think they're, you know, yeah, Ironman is 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 a distance, and, and a lot of people, you know, it's it's a big deal. Uh, but but you know, being a triathlete is very cool. It's it is you know some of the nicest people. Just as a running community, it's, it's a different community, but they have been the most welcoming and uh, some of the nicest people that that I've met so far. And and you know, they are really out there pushing themselves to get better. And the one thing in triathlon that is a little bit more lenient in uh, running is uh, there, there's, some, there's some very strict cutoffs in triathlon. So you just you really just can't wing it, especially in the longer distance, like a half Ironman. Because if you don't make the swim cutoff, you're not going to the bike or the run. If you don't make the bike cutoff, you're not going to the run. So there, 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 is, there is just really no way to BS uh, this sport. And uh, that's one thing I find appealing. But uh, – the mentality of it is, you know, you're out there getting yourself better. Definitely. And you have done that and you put a lot of times and yeah. I, I see you post all the time. So, you know, you, I mean, you're awake yeah. and out doing things before I, I can get my first cup of coffee. So, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's where the crazy part falls in. Yeah. Like I said, I'm usually doing something between 3.30 and 6. And then uh, I usually get home by 6 because my wife likes to go do her thing three days a week and if not just get ready and get the girls to school i try to i try you know with, with two young girls I, I have daughters eight and 12 is i try to do most of this stuff before they wake up so that they really don't feel like they they you know they notice me gone and uh and people always ask well what time do you go to bed well i i don't go to bed till 9 30 or 10 that's typical so people i'm sure that some people are thinking won't know what what that schedule's like but uh you know from 3 36 monday through friday you pretty much bet i'm doing something and uh and then on the weekends in triathlon training there's just there's no way to avoid when you're when you're in the full training cycle you're going to be out there for a hundred mile ride and then you know with a 40 to an hour run and uh you know those those rides take a good bit of time. So, I mean, there's some training days that are, you know, anywhere from seven and a half to nine hours. And that's a long time to be away. So you have to have a very, very patient wife. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can feel you for that one because I'm an ultra marathoner and, you know. Yes. And then I don't, you know, not every weekend I'm doing like that, but there are some weekends I have to go for a whole day or two days or a day and a half. So, so you know, so it depends between the races. But for training wise, we, um, you know, there's a whole day, you know, eight hours, ten hours run we got to do. So as I'm ramping up my 100-mile training, so 
So as we, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's some that's some serious time commitments here. Yeah, there it is, uh, Eddie. I, we now we're down to sprint round. I got a series of questions. Oh, oh, oh. but before before we get past this, just just so you know, I we didn't we didn't talk about this, but I have still yet to complete a full Ironman distance race. Uh, just 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 uh, that's my goal this year. What happened this past year? I went to Chad. I went to Chattanooga. And I was well-trained, best shape of my life, and we had really bad luck. It was 97 degrees, and I think it was – by the time we got in the water to start the day, it was 75. I started cramping in the water and uh, just really bad on the bike, cramped so bad. It ended up – I finished the bike portion, but it was so hot. It was 97 in October, just just, – or late September. I think it was the end of September that I was just absolutely in bad shape and I ended up in the hospital uh, with IV bags. So I didn't finish that race. So then I re-signed up for another Ironman in North Carolina later in October. It was about a month later and everything was going good. But the week before the race, they shortened the bike distance by 56 miles due to the uh, flood. It was in Wilmington, North Carolina, and they shortened the bike course from 112 to 56. And, uh, I finished that race, which was the full swim, half the bike, and the full marathon. And uh, I finished it. I finished very well, but uh, unfortunately, I still don't have that full Ironman distance yet. So that that's coming out for you. So October. Yes. Or so. Yes. So that that'll be that'll be a true test for you. So I guess that's that's how we can. Yeah. It'll be a test. It'll be a test being smarter because the one thing that you'll find out in this sport more than any other sport, and it may be that way in ultra, but fueling is so key because if you don't fuel right, you can go bad really quick. And uh, you just have to be smart about that. And that's something you have to learn, something that uh, I'm still learning, but I'm much better now this year going to this year than I ever was last year. Yeah. For ultra distance race, earlier you can feel those and earlier you can slow yourself down, better it is as you go forward. Yep. It's not a, like a marathon. I don't. I do not run ultra like I. <laughs> There's no way you do. You're too good of an ultra runner to to do that that strategy. Yeah, I, I have a way to do it. Even do even when I do 100 or 46 miles, you know. <laughs> I do go. I still go to speed, but there's certain. I, I have certain things in my mind. It's not. Yeah, you, you strategize this exactly. Ultras, I got to do it. Marathon, <laughs> I was like, okay, let's see what happens. So, so anyway, let's let's move on to sprint round. So, all right, Eddie, are you ready for our M run sprint round? Let's bring it on. Uh, what type of shoes do you wear? Huh. I wear. Let's let's see. Uh, what day is it? Now I've got ultras. I'm wearing some ultras now. I'm, I've been wearing those less than less than a month. Uh, I've got uh, Nike Air Pegasus. I've got uh, Brooks uh, Launch, and yeah, I can't remember. I, I got Hoka's on at time. I, I switch, man. I, I have a lot of brands. Yeah, I, I like that switching brands because so I'm not addicted addicted to one brand, you know. Nope. Uh, what type of GPS device do you use? <laughs> I have, well, I have a lot. <laughs> yeah. I have, I, have a, I have a Garmin 735 that I wear most, which is more of a triathlon watch. I have a Garmin 920 that I wear in, in the races. I have a Garmin 620. I have a Garmin Phoenix 2. You name it. I got it. You, you got all kind of, yeah. I'm, I, I went from Garmin to Suntos, better for the ultra distance running. So That's what I've heard. That's one thing you're not going to get me doing anytime soon, ultra running. <laughs> I was going to ask that question a little bit. But, uh, the next question is who or what inspires you? You, you know, um, well, inspires me, uh, you know, really goes, if, if we want to be running, I guess my family. 
that that would be the the truest answer. My my family is what inspires me and motivates me to keep uh, doing what I do, and um, you know that's what definitely inspires me. And motivation comes from uh, not being the guy that I used to be. So I'm always running from that guy. Wow, that's that's great. You you said that uh, you you don't do ultra or you you're not you you haven't dabbled in the trail running or anything like that have you you did 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 do a little bit of trail oh uh, I did one half marathon and I've got a good friend here who I think you may have met at one point his name's Johnny Bice and he runs the uh, the Douglas County uh, Rogue Runners he is a big trail guy Western States guy run a hundred miles I mean I, I run a lot of my friends are ultra runners and. Uh, and they try to get me out there, but and Johnny is pushing hard for me just to do do a 50k uh, somewhere. You know, we've even talked about mountain mess, but I'll be completely honest with you, it it, it does not hold any interest to in me. I don't. Uh, I'm a roadie, so to speak, and running trails. You know, I, I you know I'm not a hiker, and I just. It's a long way to say I'll, I'll do it. And I definitely, if I ever do an ultra, it'll be a 50K. I think anything over that distance is nuts. Yeah, I, I used to think like that, but, you know, then I... I know. I, trust me. <laughs> trust me. I, I, get, I get pressure all, but, all the time. Yeah, but, yeah, you know, once you... One thing for sure, being ultra or trail running, um, if you, like, like what you did, want to switch from the road and do something else, that trail is really... Pretty much laid back, you know. You there's there's a lot different running trail versus road, or you know, scenery wise, your for your knees and your bodies and stuff. You know, you still like, hey, still once in a while you yeah, roll yeah. your roll your ankles and yeah, and keep, keep take saying. A fall. <laughs> I think I've, I've run trails, you know, at least two or four times, two to five times a year, and there's never a time I go out that I don't end up on my butt. So <laughs> yeah, we need to we need to take you out more out there. So yeah. yeah. For your running or biking or, or or anything you do, what kind of hydration plan do you use? Ah, <laughs> uh, let's see. As far as when it goes to uh, biking, I use a uh, you know I, I, I I'm on a Infinite uh, Energy or Infinite uh, Mix. I guess there's a mix called Infinite. Infinite, I think. I can't remember exactly how you say it. Infinite. That's how you say it. And uh, I use that mix uh, on the bike. So it's pretty much just liquid. It's liquid calories. And you have to be diligent. And I, I alternate between water and water and that uh, when I'm on the bike. And for a marathon, if I'm just running, I don't take a thing. And uh, I think at Disney, I actually, they, they handed me a pack of M&Ms uh, at about mile uh, 22, 23. That was it. That's what I had. <laughs> yeah. A whole marathon. The rest was just all next. I'm I'm a good enough. I'm a fish enough person running. I don't need that. Even to go fast, I don't need it uh, that many. If I, if I am going to do gels, which which I do take, uh, you know, in an Ironman or something like that, I'm a huge fan of the Island Boost. So that that's that's uh, my nutrition running. Yeah, that leads to, leads me to the next question. Basically, what is your nutrition plan like on day in and day out uh, beyond beyond your races? Uh, you know, nobody wants to take this advice. It is beer part of it. Does that count? That has nutrition value, I believe. No. Yeah, it does. I, I am, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a very strict person, uh, between, you know, for lunches and stuff like that. And I believe in, you know, I, I don't have a good nutrition plan. I just try to eat smart. I just try to make the best decisions for me. I have a issue mentally where, where I don't eat very many. I eat hardly any vegetables and very little fruit. So, uh, a big goal for me is eat a banana a day, and you don't know how big that is because that is a big, big deal. I'm in that diet to eat banana a day at least. Yeah, uh, 
Is there a race that you have not done or event you have not done that you'd like to do one day? Maybe Ironman, Hawaii or something like uh, that? No, I don't, I'm not so interested in trying to go for Kona. I'll tell you one thing. Those those athletes, um, you know, if I qualified there or got a spot, that'd be awesome. But there are some really, really phenomenal athletes in, in triathlon. It is just, I mean, I'm in really good shape and they make me look out of shape at times. They're, they're such good. But uh, as far as event, uh, if I was to run one race that, that I'd like to try, I'd like to go to Berlin Marathon. I think that would be the one I would probably like to do, you know, the most. And uh so that would probably be the one I haven't done that I'd like to do. Let's do it next year, 2018. I almost signed. I almost put my name this year. I just kind of <laughs> hold it back. <laughs> Let's, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe. I'll let you know when the registration or yeah. lottery comes around. So, what is the best advice have you ever received uh, for your running or all the journeys that you have been through? What is your best advice? Uh, the the best advice I've ever received is don't do more than what you can do. So. You know, I'm just and it's pretty much just take it. You know, every every goal is a step. So, so don't 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 do more than what you can do at that time. Not saying you shouldn't dream big, but just just go after it smartly. Before we conclude this interview, Eddie, I would like you to give advice to people or a listener out there who has thinking about who's thinking about running or want to run or have started running, and just kind of take take that running beyond from wherever you're comfortable because that's what you have done. From going from the cows to half marathon to full marathon to now doing a triathlon distance and full triathlon. So kind of give us a word of advice. Uh, my, my, my saying has always been it's a hell of a lot of fun to do the impossible. So for all those that think you can't, uh, the only thing in your way is your mind. So, uh, you know, eliminate that factor and just do it. And sometimes you don't need a plan. You just need to do it. You just need to get going because, you know, having a plan is, is great, but sometimes plans can be overthought. So if your first step is just think, you know, having an inkling, just go do it. Just, just, just go attack it. You don't have to know what you're doing at that point, because trust me, once you get into it, you'll be smart enough to try to figure out what to do at that point. Great. That's a great advice, Eddie. And uh, it has been really a pleasure to talk to you. And finally, an Emron's podcast. And um, hopefully, I will, you'll start your own podcast sometime soon, and we'll get to listen more of your journey and the stories. I appreciate it, Suman. Thanks very much. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely get back to the world of podcasting at the uh, at the appropriate time. Time time management for me lately has been a little uh, little tough, and that's why I end up uh, giving up the marathon show that I was hosting, which which is which was a great uh, show, and, and I was glad to host it. But uh, I definitely see me coming back at some point uh, with at least a more likely as endurance show. That, that it covers all from running to triathlons to anything endurance. So I see that in the future at some point. Great. Thank you, Eddie. Thanks, Simon. Thanks for listening to another episode of M Runs Podcast. Please subscribe to M Runs Podcast channel, Voice of Runners. Also, follow mruns.com's social media handle, Marathon Runs, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for recent updates, photos, and more. <laughs>